Hi everyone, welcome to this edition of the Catholic Connect podcast on another beautiful day that the Lord has made. So glad that you joined us. A shout out to all our listeners from Canada or wherever you listen to this podcast in our fantastic Universal Church. So glad that you joined us. Well, let's start with the words of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ from the Gospel of Matthew chapter 10. Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Beware of men, for they will deliver you up to councils and flog you in their synagogues. And you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake, to bear testimony before them and the Gentiles. When they deliver you up, do not be anxious about how you are to speak and what you are to say. For what you are to say will be given to you in that hour, for it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, St. Padre Pio also said, is to pray hope and don't worry. Worry is useless. God is merciful and will hear your prayer. And that's also very timely. And, and you know, Jesus says to us, don't be too worried about what you're going to say to those who oppose you. And we see those forces of opposition, the forces of darkness on an everyday basis, but we shouldn't be worried. As long as we have a relationship with Christ, we live that sacramental life, we go to confession often, receive the Eucharist worthily, read from Scripture and from the Catechism every day, pray the Rosary every day, and uh, ask the Lord to show you if there's a different devotion or something in addition to those spiritual practices that you need to do in order to strengthen your spiritual life. And it's really amazing. The Holy Spirit does come right when you need Him. Not before, not any later. It's perfect timing. So a timely message from our Lord. And speaking of this cancel culture, uh, wokeism that we have to deal with in our world on an everyday basis, really can't think of a better guest to talk about what we're dealing with in the world here as Catholics and other people of goodwill than Mike Church, who started up Veritas Radio Network and the Crusade Channel. Many of our American listeners are already very familiar with Mike and his ministry. He's also a longtime radio host on Sirius XM Radio. So Mike tells us some great stories and gives us some great insights about uh, the influence of the saints, the influence of Our Lady, bringing him back to the fullness of the church and back to the cross of Jesus Christ, and uh, how we can be great witnesses in this world. They're already doing great work at the Crusade Channel and reaching out to people through media and uh, being that uh, planting those seeds, the seeds of faith that are so important in this day and age. So really excited to share this conversation with Mike. And it's coming up right now. So we'll see you on the other side, my friends. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever. Well, this gentleman is a long-standing radio show host. And our listeners up here in Canada may be familiar with his stint on Sirius Radio. And you might also be familiar with him for founding the Veritas Radio Network and the Crusade Channel. But most importantly, he is a family man. And our brother in Christ, I'm so excited to welcome Mr. Mike Church to the Catholic Canuck Podcast. Mike, welcome to the Great White North. Thanks for joining us. Well, you're very welcome. I hope by the end I can become an honorary Canuck. <laughs> Absolutely. I think you you already are, Mike. It's great. No, I really appreciate you joining us. Talked a little bit about connections with Canada, and I know you're from Louisiana. You've been there for a, a big chunk of your life, not all of it, right, Mike? Is that That's where you're from, right? So there's I yes, born and bred, born and reared, as they say. Uh, if you're French Canadian, you and I are probably related. I am an Acadian from uh, Front Royal, Nova Scotia, 
uh, via France. Uh, so uh, France to Front Royal, Front Royal back to France, France to Louisiana. So if you're a French Canadian and you're listening, we are probably uh, connected. If you're a Guidry, G-U-I-D-R-Y, or G-E-U-D-R-E-Y, uh, we are definitely related at some point in time. But yeah, I lived in Louisiana most of my life, maybe 10, 12 years, uh, playing Radio Gypsy. And um, earlier, when I was uh, when I was a, 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 a boy, I, I spent 10 years in the great state of Virginia here in the United States, in the Old Dominion. The Old Dominion. So yeah, most of it here in Louisiana. Well, that's great. And I know we have a, a connection to a gentleman that's been on our podcast a few times, Kennedy Hall. I always say he's never met a uh, adoration chapel he's never liked and never met a rugby game he hasn't liked either. So, uh, But I know he's on, uh, I guess, on paternity leave. We talked about that a little bit offline, taking care of his family, which was great. But uh, uh, no, it's uh, it's so great to have you, Mike. So thank you very much. So on satellite radio, and I, I spent a few years in northern Alberta with my job, and I got to these, you know, out in the bush there in the, the hinterlands of northern Alberta. You don't get AM radio signal very well up there. So that was my first exposure to you, Mike, was listening to you on the satellite radio because that's all I could get up there. And if uh, and I got well, I, I had my cassettes with me too. And some of our younger listeners are probably wondering what the heck I was driving. I don't know, like a meteor or something up there. But it wasn't that long ago we were listening <laughs> to cassettes and CDs. But you had that long stint on on satellite radio, Mike. And then uh, 2015, I guess, was the last year. Um, we talk a little bit about cancel culture, and I, I remember listening to you on the radio. Um, and say, you know, Mike's a different guy, a unique guy. He's got a unique message. Uh, there's a faith-filled message. Um, what was that experience like, I guess, with Sirius XM? But, uh, you know, how did, yeah, how did things kind of come to be and, and, I guess, come to an end? Was kind of that cancel culture of a conservative voice, a, a Catholic voice, was that, did that have anything to do with it? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I started at Sirius, uh, actually, in 2000. And I moved out to San Francisco for because at that time, Sirius was going to contract all of their talk radio out to uh, uh, providers. They weren't going to do any of it. And I went to uh, I left terrestrial radio. I was in Miami at the time. And uh, was, that's a top 10 market in the United States. And uh, took the opportunity. Um, the satellites didn't work. Well, the satellites worked, the receivers didn't work. The, the company that designed the receivers totally botched it. And so we were supposed to go live in December of 2000. And I would have been the, the first show. We were the only ones that were ready to actually go. Me and the uh, producer who had, had, had moved out there to San Francisco. And uh, the radios didn't work. The receivers didn't work. XM got the jump and XM did. And XM actually launched in December of 20, uh, 2000. Uh, or 2001, I'm sorry, 2001. So uh, Sirius didn't get on air until uh, mid-2002. And um, when they finally got up and on air, the, uh, I had left San Francisco. They, they bankrupted that company. <laughs> that company was supposed to provide 15 channels, and they had the revenue lined up and for and everything. And they got to provide no channels for over a year, and they were, it went gone. So I moved back to Louisiana, and by the time I had gotten back, uh, Sirius had launched, and I still had my contacts there. And uh, I uh, was asked to, to, to 
simulcast the terrestrial radio show that I was doing on a small FM radio station uh, on Sirius. And we did. And we began in uh, October of 2002. And then that was a simulcast, though. And we continued um, and pretty much till 2015. Um, I, I, I dumped the terrestrial radio show in March of 2000 and, uh, uh, 2003. And we, uh, we, we, we were the, the only talk radio show long form on either of the two XM or Sirius. You know, they merged in 2006 it took two to 2009 until the actual merger actually kind of went into effect. And then I was simulcast on Sirius XM and, uh, and Sirius, Sirius XM as it became. And we, uh, uh, we continued on. I didn't, I, I didn't actually get back to the faith, really get back to it and uh, become a radical trad until 2012, 2013. So that really wasn't a factor. But I was not on the uh, I was not on the team because I was a Ron Paul guy, I was an anti-war, just war guy. I'd always ha and always had and uh, had been that way since 2007, and uh, I was the only one on the whole on the whole channel that that, that took that position. So I always kind of had a, kind of a little unique footprint there. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but when we started, when I started with realizing that first of all there was no political solution, and there still isn't. There's no political solution in Canada either, by the way, for nope. Canadian listeners. There is the, 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 the solution is the kingship of Christ and whatever you have under it, as long as it knows that the kingship is above it, you're going to be fine. Whether it's a aristocracy, whether you don't have any government at all, a circuit of judges and just uh, good, moral, virtuous people, and maybe a constable and a police force. However, it works out as long as you have this above you. Well, I started realizing that that was the, uh, the that that's what had to be, and you're not allowed to think that on American media. You're not allowed to. Uh, you're, I mean, you're allowed to think it, but they're not going to pay you to. <laughs> so they didn't. Uh, they paid me to for for two years, and then in the middle of the most contentious campaign in modern American uh, political history, Hillary versus Trump. They decided to not renew my contract. Uh, it, it's, it's actually quite an amazing story because the guy who wanted my job and it was gunning for it for five years and he would fill in for me against my wishes, they ultimately gave it to him. You know what his name is? Tell me, Mike. Steve Bannon. Hmm. Okay. Steve right. Bannon, he wanted my audience. He wanted that morning drive. And ultimately, I got it. I like, tell the story like this guy was nothing in radio terms. I made that guy <laughs> what he is. When he made the cover of Time Magazine, the second most powerful man in the world, I'm like, that's how powerful my radio show on Sirius <laughs> XM was. Bannon wanted it, and Trump heard him through. That's true. That's a true story. Trump heard him through Sirius XM and began doing the radio interviews of Steve Bannon's show. This is the audience that I built. He had nothing to do with it. So uh, that's just a little, I'm not bragging. That's Those are just facts. Oh, it's sure. part of the story that's not told. And of, cor of course, Bannon didn't want the radio gig. He wanted it as a, as a platform. And ultimately he got it and he went to work for Trump. And the rest, as they say, is history. I don't get any credit for this. <laughs> I mean, Trump could at least return one of my calls and do an interview and make, dude, I gave you Bannon. 
<laughs> so uh, my contract was not renewed in 2015, but I was thinking for three years, there's no way they're going to keep paying me. So I had built all this already. This is already all here. And I began thinking like, okay, well, what if they do? What are you going to do? So some of what we were doing here on the Crusade Channel was planned. Mm -hmm. But I never intended, once they went and they pulled that contract away and they said, yeah, we're not going to, we're going a different direction here. Because there was no cause that they could have, they had to say editorial differences, whatever, dude. Uh, we were ready to, to do the Crusade Channel. And I really didn't know how uh, that was going to work. I didn't. Um, it took about two years to actually figure it out so that it was kind of reliable and as a 24-7 radio station. But that's pretty much how, uh, how how that happened. And just for anyone that's wondering, I didn't go on the air and proclaim myself, like some people do, as, you know, your Catholic Avenger or whatever. I never stopped doing what I was doing. All I did was call right from wrong, and then if something was out of the moral order, go like, well, that's not right. You can't do that. Uh, and basically give a Roman Catholic philosophical, social, moral point of view to it. Sometimes when I, many times when I'm not even calling it that, just going like, well, that's, that's not right. Uh, and even that's not allowed that they, they will not pay you to do that on any terrestrial or any commercial or any national or syndicated radio or television station uh, that has any size audience anywhere on this continent that I know of. And that includes in your beloved Canada. Well, thankfully for the internet, we have access to uh, the Crusade channel, uh, which is great. Let's go back to 2012, though. Uh, Mike, I want to ask you about that. So that's sort of your, is that a reversion back to the Catholic faith, Mike? Is that fair enough to say? And, and, yes. and do you see the, is there sort of some steps that you can see? You talk about the kingship of Christ, which is awesome. The steps of 2012, having that metanoia, coming back to the faith, going what you went through in 2015, and then sort of the birth of the Crusade Channel. Do you see that, uh, you know, was there these moments where you really see God's hand in your life uh, in that uh, period of time? Well, I see Our Lady's hand. Hmm. <laughs> it's it's Our Lady's hand, usually. Uh, and the, Our Lady's hand was there my entire life. I gave a talk at the St. Benedict Center in 2019 about that, that if I, if, if I went back and connected the dots, I could show anyone that uh, Our Lady never gave up on me. And um, from, the, from the day I was born, I was born on Candlemas. So from the day I was born, I was marked. <laughs> and I didn't know what Candlemas was until 2016, until 2014. I didn't even know the second second year being back as a Catholic, because you know, Latin masses aren't everywhere. Traditional traditional Latin masses, and the first one I ever went to was in 2014. That's the first Latin mass I ever or Candlemas that I ever. No, 2015 was the first one, and in 2014, in December of 2014, I made the consecration uh, to our Lord through Our Lady uh, via Saint Louis de Montfort. Mm. So that was really the biggest, I think, the biggest thing. Uh, or the biggest thing was just going uh, back to the, uh, going, going to the, the old mass and just, just, just like everyone else wondering, like, where has this been my whole life? Um, and then I met Chris Ferrara and I was interviewing Chris Ferrara. 
but a big part of this was just the just the the hand of the divine hand of god was a good priest a father jeffrey jambon and father jambon is louisiana and uh i knew him he was kind of a pastor of one little latin mass circle around here and uh, uh i wanted to do my first confession coming back and uh, during the confession father jambon found out that i was living in a second marriage without the first one which was in the church being uh, uh having a decree of nullity and uh, he stepped away threw his hands up there took the purple stole on went no no i take it all back no you don't get none of you no you gotta turn your, your wow you gotta live like a joseph and mary you mm. gotta go get uh you gotta know uh, and all that um, so I really credit kind of, I would say father Jambon, uh, but before that, a, a good friend, uh, who, who was responsible for bringing the Latin mass to the New Orleans area here, but just goes to show you what a good priest can do. And at first I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. You, you don't know what you're talking about. And then looking it up, finding that, uh, no, he didn't know what he was talking about. And for the record, if you're wondering, yes. Took three years, but yes, with a very conservative, very uh, old school priest to a tribunal. Uh, it was determined that my cause was just, and I did receive from the Archdiocese of New Orleans the, the decree of nullity. So, um, and we did live Josephite marriage uh, for those three years. For people to say that, well, you know, I'm sure it does, but that's, you can't do it. So people that say you can't, you can't. Mm -hmm. uh, so all that happened, all in that spell. But yeah, it was Our Lady uh, uh, going all the way back to being born on Candlemas and not even knowing that I was born on a Marian high feast day. Seems like a, a great lesson in humility. And we have so much pride in this world. Uh, and even in, amongst myself, I know in our own ranks in our church, uh, just not uh, submitting to the, the will of, of God and the church that he's given us, right, Mike? The, the, the Catholic church, the, the beauty of the sacrament of marriage. And, um, you know, these things are important. These are important for our own spiritual lives, but also for the world, for us to be a, a witness to the world as well. So uh, that's that's a great story. Uh, very interesting indeed. Um, you want some more? Oh, hey, I, I, that's what everybody tells me, Mike. <laughs> they should get a couple questions in and let Mike go. <laughs> okay, I don't know if you can. Uh, that, that's the Saint Augustine method. Beautiful. Yep. Okay, so the marriage and I, the first marriage with the first wife. I was never confirmed because my mother fell away from the faith. I was baptized, and uh, when I decided I wanted to marry the first wife that I had ultimately had nullified, or the decree of nullity, um, this is back in 1991. I needed to go because we wanted to, she's like, no, she was a Catholic. Like, we're going to do an account. I'm like, well, I'm a Catholic. She goes, are you confirmed? Like, what's that? So I had to go to RCIA and uh, I did. And <laughs> to show you how this, my life was already written for me. Anyone that says that, that they don't, that God doesn't have a plan is just, they're, they're lying. We go all the way to the RCIA process and we get to the, the week before and our, our priest, who is our spiritual uh, director in the RCIA classes, really radical hippie, took up the priesthood. What a sweet guy. Just a radical. Um, when I say radical, I mean like radical environmentalist kind of hippie guy. <laughs> he, and Pope, he and Paul Francis get along swimmingly. 
Uh, Father Paul is is telling us, okay, you all have to choose confirmation saints. And he said, I'm not going to tell any of you which confirmation saint. You should pray upon it and uh, you know, talk to your sponsor and figure one out. But you have to have it ready and you need to know, because I need to tell the bishop. Because when the bishop comes and slaps you, he's going to confirm you as. So, and I had just started in broadcast radio. This is 1992 now. And <laughs> Father Paul was a listener. He didn't like it very much, but he was a listener. And uh, he said he wasn't going to tell anyone, but as I was getting ready, we were all firing out. He grabs me and he goes, stop, stop a minute. And he says, you didn't even thought to your confirmation saying, and I said, no, Father. And he goes, well, good, don't, because I'm going to pick it for you. And I went, okay. And he says, there's no doubt in my mind, you are Augustine. He goes, don't argue, just, and I said, Augustine, like St. Augustine? He goes, St. Augustine, yes. And he said, go read about him because I need you to say that it's, it's okay. I'm like, and I said, Father, if you think so, I'm fine with it. So St. Augustine, so I, I took St. Augustine as my confirmation saint. Now, this, the story gets even better. We had to apply for a baptismal copy of the baptismal, my baptismal certificate originally, or I would have had to be baptized too. So they wrote to the archdiocese, found out where I was baptized at, and I never even looked, I never looked at the baptismal certificate. It went from the diocese to the RCIA church, and then I got a copy for the sacramental marriage that was coming up. I didn't even look at it. I made a copy of, I mean, I kind of did. And I sent it off to, we got married in a little church at St. Joseph in Loyston, Maine. And I never put it in an envelope and tucked it away with all my stuff. I didn't even look, realize until 2000, until the whole decree of nullity came up. And uh, I, uh, I needed the baptismal certificate, pulled it out and started reading it. I was baptized. 16 days after I was born, because they were still old school back in my geezer childhood, at St. Augustine Church on uh, Governor Nickel Street in New Orleans, Louisiana. So the Saints, there's your two. Saints pick us sometimes, it, don't they, Mike? It's it's true. They it do. It really is true. I think there's no doubt that, uh, and there's even more to that story, but it takes a little longer to tell it. But two, there are two things that were, that were going for me that, um, I must have been really physically and mentally fighting it until I was in my 50s. Imagine that. Hmm. You're born on a Marian high feast day, and then you're old, you're baptized under St. Augustine, and then you take St. Augustine's name as a confirmation saying, don't even realize the gravity of it. Uh, I'd say that God had it out for me all along. <laughs> it just took me 30 years ago to stop kicking and screaming and finally go, all right, I give. And sometimes that surrender is... Uh... The, the most important first step, isn't it? Well, that's great. Our, yeah. So we talked a little bit already about the, I guess the best way to put it is the swamp of legacy media. We have it in Canada, and I'm sure it's very similar in the United States, except uh, uh, I think the uh, the government gives a little bit more money directly to uh, the media in Canada here. But uh, that's uh, that's another story. But tell us about the Crusade Channel. Um, you know, EWTN, it's not. Catholic Answers, it's mm-hmm. not. But, nope. uh, you know, there's a... a an influence of Catholicism there that's uh, impossible to deny. But yeah, tell us about this station, Mike. What is your 
what are your goals or what is, what, what's your vision, I guess, for the Crusade Channel and how do you want it to, um, to reach out and to, uh, to, uh, to affect people that listen to it? Well, <clears throat> thank you for the question. And I would say that the, uh, first of all, you say you hear the, the hint of Catholicism. I think that what you, that what you should hear on and in all media is a hint of Catholicism because we live in the, in the in the tattered ruins of Christendom. You wouldn't have had there, there's nothing that you can that you could show to me that wouldn't. There's no vocation. There's no there's no skill. There's no trade. There's no institution uh, prior to the industrial modern mechanized uh, modern world in which we live that would have been that would not have had that stamp on it we got rid of it it was removed from all that we do because when you think about it isn't that my the way i like to tell the story is are there two separate lines for confession do i get a well these are my personal sins and these are my professional sins these are the ones i committed in the workplace this is a false separation here this is all part of this this this, this modern uh, the, the, this modern concept here that <clears throat> somehow the there, there is a there, there, there's a that your life in transacting in subsidiarity and solidarity with other people does not have to have the Catholic part in it that you're free to go out and lie and cheat and commit usury and do all to violate every command that our that our Lord gave you. But people say you can never live a life like that, and you can never. We, we wouldn't have a civilization. Oh, we had one for like sixteen hundred years. Uh, now you can say that. Well, it didn't really start until the medieval. Okay, all right, fine. Let's say it started in the ninth century. About the time we get Beowulf and Sanskrit, the writing is coming around. Let's, just, let's say ninth century, all the way up until Descartes, which then makes and paves the way for Luther, it paves the way for all the rest of them, uh, John Locke and the, the the awful, awful, awful French and German uh, philosophers, your Voltaire and your Immanuel Kant, and uh, too many on the list here, as they begin to systematically break it down, break it down, break it down. They're systematically removing Catholicism from life. You live a Catholic life. You don't go like, well, I'm going into this place now. I stop being Catholic. Well, if you go in there and sin, when you go to the four final things, you go to judgment, there's not going to be a separate line for that. that not, not that any father or doctor of the church teaches that I know. There's not going to be a separate line for the sins that you committed when you were you know, pursuing the almighty dollar or the almighty uh, 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 British sterling pound or whatever it is. And the ones that you committed when you were in your neighborhood and all that. So my view is that every radio station and every television station ought to have a taint of Catholicism. Mm -hmm. it, 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 not only a taint, should have an acknowledgement that there is a social order, hierarchical order, order. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ's social kingship is at the top of it. You have moral laws and codes and legal laws and codes that are made in under it there they, they can never contravene it if there's ever a clash this lower one must give and this is what they pretty much got right in christendom 
Did they have wars? Yes. Did they have evil bad men? Yes. See Philip the Fair. Did they see Luther? <laughs> see the heretics? Did they have bad? Yes, they had bad. Of course they did. We're humans. We're fallen. And this is the 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 part where uh, people seem to think that well, you keep your politics separate from my religion. Your religious separate from my politics. Why on earth would you want to do that? So you're so well. Then what controls the politics? We have this written constitution, and what controls it? Well, nothing. There's we the people below it. System for disaster, and that's what you're reaping today. So I think that every broadcast media outlet has a responsibility and a duty to behave ethically as Catholics, or at the very least. As Christians, and there are a lot of good Protestants out there that get this social order correctly, uh, that acknowledge this, and we and you don't contravene it. Um, and if you if you had a civilization like that, or people in a civilization that were trying to live that, it'd be invisible. You wouldn't even know it. It'd just be Mike and Dave talking on the radio, and you know when the news or big controversies come up, came up, you could have opinions. There's diversity there, but on the big questions things that are heretical or things that are dogmatic, et cetera. There is no gray area here and you don't contravene it. So the, the Crusade Channel, people say, are you a Catholic radio station? Nope, never will be because I will never, ever, 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 never, ever, ever, as long as I'm alive and I'm running and owning this thing, never, ever, ever dare to step in to the to priest and the bishop's breach. The church has her territory. I, as a layperson, I can have my thoughts and opinions, and I can pursue my radio and television vocation, but I do not pursue it in any way, shape, or form as any manner of authority. And only if I were to speak on any matter of religion or morals or, or, or whatever, I would only speak on if I'm, well, it's my experience or from what I think or I know, wouldn't be that, well, uh, this is Catholic radio and a chant account and a church says, and I remember, I, and there are people that do that. There are a lot of them that did it. Nope. Won't do it. And I think that that's a distinction. You shouldn't have to distinguish yourself. As a matter of fact, you should be able to, you should have good broadcasters that you like. And you're like, I think that guy's a Catholic. Mm. I, I think she, well, I found out she has six kids. I bet you, I bet you she's a tratty mom or whatever. You should see and hear that Catholicity. Mm. And it's not, it, people think that it's this, this tent revival preacher thing. Living a life is joyful. You get joy out of it. People think that living a life that is not filled with the accoutrement of the corporeal world is boring and it's mean and you know everyone's scowling all the time and miserable and the, the houses have lights but they're really dim and dark and what have you here and ashes on their heads right <laughs> yeah 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 and, and, yeah. and they're, they're just running around in sackcloth and their teeth are all rotted out and whatnot um our lord says uh, through uh, saint john the evangelist and in john 1 1 through 19 in that second gospel that he is the light that every man that cometh into the world uh, was should see that light. And he is the light of every man that cometh into the world. So I think we have a pretty good authority that we can, as I, as I like to say, jokingly, we can act all Catholic EE and stuff. And uh, you can still be a great person. You can be a lot of fun. You can be an innovator. You can be an entrepreneur. You can be an inventor. Imagine that. 
you Catholics hate science. No, we don't. There wouldn't be any what you call science today if it weren't for Catholics. Mm. So uh, the Crusade Channel is a home for the great radio broadcasters and TV casters of our day, most of whom are Catholic. Not all, but if not, they're men and women of goodwill. They're good Christians. And uh, as I say, I don't have a litmus test to go like, well, first, Phil, check that box right there. Mm. Um, And we're 24 hours a day and we're seven days a week. And we have is we have pride. We have a prize every day. Truth, and also to lead by example, ethics. Uh, I hope that we're ethically sound and that our ethics are good. Um, and all our ethics, by the way, begin in the home. The family is the greatest government there is. So yeah, keep your little our little yeah our little family here uh, has eth- has family ethics, and we have ethics with our family on the air. And uh, if that makes us Catholic, well, then fine. But we don't represent the church. Yeah, it makes sense. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, um, the last couple of years have taught me anything, Mike. It's taught me that we have a lot of allies that are that are outside the Catholic Church that I never would have ever expected to be an ally. When it comes to our, um, you know, the culture wars is one thing, but also the, the fight for freedom and liberty that that God has given us. And um, it's been actually a little bit humbling for me. Uh, I was mm. to be very judgmental of those people, Mike. And uh, But to find out that uh, a lot of them are going through the same struggles and the same uh, same ups and downs, maybe not within the, the confines of the formerly of the Catholic Church, but we still, we're still battling together. And I think it's been an eye-opener for me, for sure. Um, we talk about Marx, or uh, well, we talk about Marxism, the cancel culture, this, this wokeism that's sort of, you know, all it comes from Marxism to me, cancel culture, mm-hmm. wokeism. Uh, I work at a secular job. A lot of our listeners do. And uh, how important is it for us? You, you kind of mentioned that it's like a, the joy of being a Christian and a follower of Jesus Christ um, through our example and through our words, obviously, too, when necessary uh, to speak the truth uh, of the Lord. But how important is it for Catholics and other people of goodwill to to not only read good books, to go to mass, to pray, but also to listen to to good voices because there's so much garbage out there, isn't there, Mike? There's so many things that are taking us away, distracting us from really what's important in life. So yeah, what do you say to the average uh, gentleman or lady that's working in the in the secular world, uh, a lot of pressure from that woke culture, uh, but to, to, to truly be a light of Christ in this this culture today? What would you say to them? Well, the first thing I would say is you can even be a dim bulb and you're going to shine like a beacon. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad out there. Even even uh, lukewarm uh, Christians and Catholics are going to stand out. Uh, that's the first thing. The cancel culture has as its ultimate goal. All right, people are not understanding what's going on here. Good, bad, white dark white black dark light evil divinity these things exist angels are real demons are real god is real and since they are there's a spirit world cancel culture at the end of the day is the product of beelzebub and the boys as i call them Mm. the goal is to cancel you is not to cancel what you do the ultimate goal 
the satanic cults out there, and whether they know it or not, most of them are participating in some way in a satanic cult. And even if they're not, then that that's even to me that makes it even worse. And now you're just a useful idiot. Uh, the the ultimate goal is to cancel you. It's not to cancel what you do. It is to cancel you. So what cancel culture uh, actually wants to do then is it wants to cancel you off the book of life. And so uh, it, it holds out. Now, now what, is it, what, what is it doing? It's, it's holding out. It's, it's the classic stick and the carrot. It's holding the, the carrot out and it's beating you with the stick. You want, to, you want the carrot? Well, yeah, I want the carrot. Well, you're going to whack you with the stick a little bit, but you're going to have to do what, uh, what I tell you to do. But that goes against my religion. Well, you're just going to have to separate your religion from your workplace. So you know, the first thing you would do was just mind your own business and sit down and not <laughs> just rock the boat, if you will. But even after that, I think ultimately that they won't give up because you might have noticed that these people that are what I call the Rainbow Purification League, the people that are in the Rainbow Purification League will be satisfied with nothing less than you becoming a transgendered sodomite who is preying upon children. And then for extra credit, when you're done preying upon them, let's find a, a, a spirit cooker somewhere and let's cook them up and let's actually devour them as, <coughs> as Moloch and the, uh, and the boys would do. So understand the, bat, the, 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 the enemy that you're fighting. The enemy are demons. The enemy are the enemies of God. And why are the enemies of God? You think about why are the demons so angry? Why do they hate us so much? Best answer I ever heard. Or maybe I heard a little bit of it and I filled the gap in. I don't know. They actually saw the beatific vision. Mm -hmm. They were in it. Think about that. We're trying to get there. They were there and opted out. Or did something and God went, you gong. That'd make you pretty angry too. Mm. And then when you think about, well, why did, how did they lose? Well, according to the book of the apocalypse, they lost because they found out about us and they found out about our free will. And then they really got PO'd when they found out that a woman was going to be our queen and she would be at the right hand of the second person of the Holy Trinity. And that's when they went, that's it. We're out. So you're, you're look, it's, it's, I, I completely understand the argument. And I'm not a, uh, I am not a either or black or white on this. Now, in some instances, I think you have to be. I completely understand people's arguments and concerns when they say, "Well, I have to do it because I've got seven kids and I have to feed them, and uh, you know, if they want me to wear the mask or just take one jib or whatever, or if they want me to sign the paper and saying, yeah, yeah, I'll be there for home all day or Rainbow Day or transgender, whatever the day is, and." Uh, I won't actually participate, and I'll pray for him, but I, I have to actually have to do it. I completely understand that not everyone is called to be a martyr. Hmm. As a matter of fact, I believe I read somewhere by a saint, no one is actually can actually will being a martyr. That, that's something that God is going to say, I think you're one of my martyr guys, and may give you the opportunity. So... I don't think that everyone is going to 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 be able to to be that light in the woke culture 
and uh, just say, well, you know, what happens, happens. And that's unfortunate, but this again is a product of, we have this material world, we have these things. Look, you live in a world of usury. Why do you need that job? Well, you need that job because you got a mortgage to pay. Well, how did that happen? Because usury became legal. Because middlemen, you think about, well, how do we have these middlemen? What are middlemen? Middlemen are men that are making profit off of something that they have not even touched. They had no hand in making it. They have no stake in the game in having made it. They're just there to go like, well, we put the middleman there so that they wouldn't have to work uh, doing this. Instead, the whole system is not is, is, is set up for what is happening today is, is my point. If you're going to withstand it, you're going to be, you're going to have to have heroic virtue. This is something that's a grace that you can, that you can pray for. Um, and I, I would say that if you're going to be the, 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 the person that want, that's going to survive the wokeness and the cancel culture, and you think you're going to survive it as a light of Christ, you're not going to survive it in their culture. They don't take, they don't take prisoners and they don't offer quarter. They kill. Mm -hmm. It's as simple as that. Uh, and, and don't, and don't ever apologize. If you apologize, you're done. It's already over. So I would say to, to people that are listening to this that may be on the fence, you think you have that job and you have to have it. It's a big leap. And look, you're going like, well, you're not the one that has to do that. Actually, I was in 2015. I knew what I, I, I realized the consequences of what I was doing. Uh, and I was never actually asked to, but I could tell that the, some people were not happy with hearing Catholicism or with hearing uh, Christendom, uh, the modern world looked at through the eyes of someone that was trying uh, to understand Christendom. You're gonna have to ultimately make a decision. And I think that the, the clock is actually, the clock isn't turning backwards. It looks like it is. People think you wanna go back to the 14th century. No, I'm pretty happy with electricity and running water. I <laughs> don't have any problem with desalinization plants and things like that. Uh, you're gonna, you have to extricate yourself in whatever, do whatever time frame it's going to take. And however, you can do it to best protect your family. But I think that God, you know, I think it's Matthew 16, uh, about you don't see the birds of the earth fluttering around worrying about where they're going to get their food mm. you're my favorite creature why are you mm. so i think you know and it's, it's hard for people like me to say because people get mad at me because you don't know what it's like i would have my kids would starve on my kids sir i get it I, I i would never say that you have to i would simply say maybe pray maybe ask and begin the process of saying you know uh, uh, how can i do this and uh, if, if uh, it, let, let God, let Our Lady, let your patron saint, let your confirmation saint, let your guardian angel be your guide. Uh, but I think that's where this is going. We have to create, you can't, you can't fight them on their ground, they're gonna win. They've corrupted all the major institutions. I know we all love them. We have our alma maters and what have you. I'm sorry, they're gone, give them to them. Mm -hmm. they're go as soon as you walk away, as soon as men and women of goodwill are completely or, or, or primarily gone, those institutions are going to collapse. Evil institutions don't last for very long. And by the way, the ones that are being built That's with true. homosexuals got one generation. Mm -hmm. By definition, they don't make the next generation, and they're not going to be able to steal enough of our kids because we'll fight them. 
They have one generation, one crack at this. So I would say what we're working on here and what we uh, preach here on the Crusade Channel or I do on my show is not alternates. You don't want an alternate. You want a parallel system. I don't want to be in your system. Leave me alone. We'll make our own markets. We'll farm for our own food. We'll raise our own cows. We'll have our own radio station. Gee, what a novel idea. We'll have our own, and you're not welcome in it. You're not. Um, well, that's kind of mean, don't you? No, error doesn't have a right. Error does not have a right in public. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. Heretics do not have rights in Christian. Or, or, the, or the church, right, Mike? Absolutely. Or, Absolutely. Right. So the answer to woke culture is if you think you can survive in their world, they're going to get you. They are going to get you. Plan for the day that you're going to not be there. And I would say, if you waited to hear me say this today, bro, <laughs> you are way behind in the planning stage. You need to get busy very quickly. Better, today. better late than never, I guess, right, Mike? I got I got to ask you one thing, though, uh, before uh, before we let you go. I really appreciate your time, Mike. Your thoughts on the Freedom Convoy to Ottawa. Um, we're, it may be just some, um, some insights to our Canadian listeners who are struggling. The walls are kind of closing in on a lot of people here. Um, there was a lot of good things about the, pro, uh, the, the convoy, a lot of uh, successes, but we still have people with freezing, frozen bro, uh, bank accounts, um, <clears throat> uh, you know, struggling with uh, still unjust mandates at the border, especially for truckers still. Uh, what are your, uh, your observations and thoughts on what you saw up here a couple of months ago? And, and uh, what are your thoughts on the movement itself? Okay. Well, the first thing I would say is uh, at least the, the people that founded the Freedom Convoy did it as a false flag up for Trudeau and uh, his henchwinch, Christina Freelick, or whatever her name is. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, having said that, now calm down. People are going, I can't believe. Hold on, hold on. And the good people got wind of it and went, This is a great idea. I'll, I'll try to talk a little Canadian. This is a great idea, eh? Hey, I think we should be able to boot it. And they did. God bless them. 200,000? No, that's not a false flag. That's real. But the people, uh, now look, Trudeau and those demons, those people are they're, they're in with, with Klaus Schwab, could not possibly have known, and they didn't know. They had no clue. 200 and some odd thousand Canadians were going to go, yeah, <laughs> we're going to come out and that. The, what actually happened was going to happen. They had no clue. When they realized, though, what had happened, and look, if you're going like, why would you say that about the false flag? No man or woman of goodwill that has one cent, one little penny of common sense raises money through the diabolical demonic GoFundMe. Mm -hmm. Sorry, wrong answer. As soon as I saw that, I went, nope. Uh-uh, 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 something ain't right. Nope, 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 nope. And if you don't know, then shame on you. So what ultimately was the end result of it, though? They got a test. They got a test on the uh, on the digital currency and trying to force people into it and proving that we'll take your money from you and we'll tell you whether or not you can use it. This is absolutely for those poor men and women that had their bank account seized. They are the tests of it. They're the proverbial guinea pigs. Um, and it worked. <clears throat> she even said, Freeland even said, 
we're going to keep the law right here hanging around here because we might need to use it against some of you other people without defining who the other people are. So it was a test market for the coming attempt at a digital currency as part of it, it absolutely, no doubt, was part of the Great Reset. And uh, as far as for the, uh, the, the people of, of Canada, you know, one of the things I know from Kennedy and from the other Canadians that, uh, that I've met, we have listeners in Canada. Uh, they do their memberships through P.O. boxes in the northern part of the United <laughs> States. Um, the Canadians that I have met are, I, I, you, you can't not love Canadians, Canadian people. You guys are fun-loving you uh you're rugged you're tough but at the end of the day you're just you just want to bear hug canadians with their big beards and their skin uh, you know their their, their their skin coats and fur coats and what have you uh and that's a whole winter culture you got a winter culture dude that takes some <laughs> you got to be a manly man to have a winter culture not many places most people will hibernate not the canadians oh no make sport and fun out of everything and it's a tragedy that you're going through what you're going through, but you know maybe it's a tempest of sort. Uh, remember that at one time, all the way up to like 1968-69, Quebec was a Catholic province. Uh-huh. I, I mean, Quebec was Catholic. I'm not talking about like in name only. In practice, uh, you have you know your your great urban areas. I'm sorry, rural areas that are very spread out. Uh, Manitoba, Saskatchewan. As I said, my ancestors came from Nova Scotia. There is a beautiful Catholic footprint all over Canada. Um, uh, and uh, you, you come from either primarily French Canadian or French Catholics or English Catholics or English Anglicans, which uh, they are our cousins. Uh, they're, they're, they say that the ordinary, through the ordinary, uh, that the Anglican priesthood is still, still comes from the apostles. So there's a root there is the point. And anytime that anything that's ever been claimed for Christ, any land uh, can always be reclaimed, mm. can always be taken back. So maybe you guys live in this moment today in Canada to endure what you're, what you're enduring for the benefit of your children. Maybe God would have said, this generation of Canadians are going to be my boys. You're the ones, you're the ones that are going to turn it around. If they could flip the switch off in 1968, which they did, then you can flip it back on. And who knows what cataclysmic events. By the way, from where I sit, consecration of Russia to the Immaculate Heart mm-hmm. happened. Mm-hmm. Pope Francis did mm-hmm. it. Uh, we should all observe our first Friday and Saturday. It's coming up tomorrow and this, this weekend. Stay faithful to it. And we keep going to Our Lady and praying, not only for the conversion of Russia, but since the Pope said, you know, all, uh, all the other peoples, how about the return of Quebec? Mm. What a, what a mon, what, how about, uh, imagine Montreal, Montreal, right? This is where the oratory of St. Joseph is, the Tower of Demons himself. It is, indeed. So, and he's our patron too, heart, Mike. I don't know if you know that, but he's the patron of Canada, can, yep. Yeah, take heart, Canadians. You guys are a good stock. You're lovely, loving people. And uh, uh, if I see one of, one of you, I'm going to be the first in line to give you a bear hug or a Molson hug or a moose hug or whatever it may be. Take heart, man. You live in a time where you have the opportunity to stand out, uh, to be that. You, you can be that saint, you, uh, each and every one of you. And as one becomes one, maybe influences another. 
You know, all is not lost. You and I have this conversation, me and knowing Kennedy. That's just all not lost. By the by, Trudeau is a baptized Catholic. He can try and deny all he wants the faith. The marks on the soul. They should pray for Trudeau mm -hmm. to reject those demons and Marina Abramovic and all the rest of them at the World Economic Forum and come back to the faith. Uh, imagine that. That'd be like Constantine. <laughs> Trudeau. Now, I'm not saying that, he, that, that that's you put all your eggs in that, that, that basket. Be a good, look, enjoy the suck, as Steve Cunningham likes to say. Uh, that's one of the things about traditional Catholics are always moaning and whining and carping and crying and complaining. Dude, you were born to shoulder this burden of this time. Be like a great saint and do it with joy. Like our Lord says, don't be the dour faster. Don't run around fasting and crying. And everybody goes, oh, you sure? Let me pet you. Do you need a little piece of meat? Do you need a little treat? That's not the kind of faster, and that's not the kind of Canadian that uh, you should be. That's not the kind of American, or, you know, my country is actually Louisiana. That's not the kind of Louisiana I want people to think that I am. And uh, I think regardless of what country you're in, the same story and the, 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 the same remedy, maybe you will. Stay close to Our Lady and the Holy Family, though. At this time, they are very important. I believe that this is like the century of the Holy Family. Uh, and St. Joseph hasn't had his century yet. Our Lady had the last one, I believe. I think this, uh, this is St. Joseph's time. A lot of men that are coming to St. Joseph. I think he's very, very important in our time. Oh, beautiful. Outstanding. And the sacramental life, uh, small S and the capital S too, right, Mike? So good. Thank you for your time very much, Mike. I really appreciate it. Uh, God bless you. I hope we can catch up to you again sometime in the future. How can people get a hold of you and uh, your great work at the Crusade Channel? Well, I'm hiding in plain sight at crusadechannel.com. And if you like to read, I have a Substack column that I update every day. It's called The New Christendom. You can find me, thekingdude.substack.com. My website is mikechurch.com. Even though I'm being suppressed by every search engine in the world, if you type my name in and start typing, it will fill it in. Uh, it still it leads you either to MikeChurch.com or CrusadeChannel.com. And we're on the radio every weekday morning, 6 to 10 a.m. Yes, I do four hours of live every day. Uh, 6 to 10 a.m. Central Time, so whatever that calculates out into your time zone. Uh, to pay me a visit, Send, drop me a line. My email address, I am King Dude, I am King Dude at ProtonMail.com. Sounds great, Mike. Thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it. God bless you. God bless you. Mary, keep you. Well, how cool is that? The King Dude himself, Mike Church, joining us on this episode of the podcast. Big thanks to Mike. Go follow Mike and the whole crew at the Crusade channel and uh, subscribe to the great content that they have there. A lot of great work happening there. Great stories, great insights from Mike. One thing that really stuck out to me, I mean, the kingship of Jesus Christ, how we can evangelize in this world that should not take very long for people in the world to see that we're unique. There's something different about us, that we are a people of hope and of love and of Jesus Christ, that we belong to the Good Shepherd. And uh, I'm so excited to be a part of this great mission to evangelize all nations, just like our Lord commanded. So let's make sure that we live a sacramental life with a small s, praying our rosary every day, making the sign of the cross often, wearing a miraculous medal, wearing a scapular, all these things matter. 
and living a sacramental life with a capital S, and that is going to confession often, receiving communion worthily, and spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ to others. That's our ultimate goal, and that is our ultimate mission. And uh, what a great team that we have. Yes, we're fallen. Yes, we are sinners. But we have a great mission that Jesus has given to us to evangelize all nations. So thanks again to Mike. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the podcast. We are on Twitter. We're on Facebook, Gab, Getter, anywhere on social media. And anywhere you listen to your fine podcasts, please drop me a line anytime. Love hearing from you. What a great universal church we belong to. I've been uh, chatting with so many of you from so many different countries outside of Canada. Like I said, it's been a great blessing. So let's keep praying for each other as we journey on this uh, long and narrow road to heaven. Well, Catholics, we know what we got to do in order to be a real beacon of light in this hurting world. We need to live that sacramental life, and that means going to confession often, not just some of the time, but all the time, at least three times every year. Every Lent, every Advent, and any time you're in a state of mortal sin, don't even spend a second of your life there. Thanks for listening to the podcast, everyone. God bless. We'll chat with you very soon.